Hey, it's Father's Day, right? Okay, so we've been doing this series on Through the Noise. It's a study of, of 1 Peter. And it just so happens that this passage of Scripture, this verse of Scripture is next and applies perfectly to fathers and husbands. And so it may seem like I'm piling on. I'm not. Okay, if you're, if you're a husband, a father, in the room, I, I'm just wanting you to be encouraged. See, this is the deal. Okay, I know this about guys. Like, if we put out a challenge for a guy, they want to try and meet it. Well, forget meet it. They want to exceed it. I mean, like, if there's a challenge, like if I said something to anybody, like, it's simple. It could be like the dumbest thing here, right? I could say, oh, I bet you can't run through this room in, in 30 seconds, right? Like, there'd people jump in seats. They do all kinds of stuff to get around this room in 30 seconds if they're a guy, okay? If I said to a guy, like, I don't think you could climb that wall. Somebody goes, hmm, I bet I could. We're not allowed to do that. Um, insurance, okay, so don't, don't do it, but, um, but guys like a challenge, so this morning I'm going to throw you out a challenge, this is a challenge, if you can live this passage of scripture, you will be amazing, you, you will be God's answer to the needs of our community and our world. You, you will be a difference maker. And your family will appreciate it. In a lot of ways, this is a continuation of last week's message. And, and the last few messages have been along this same line. Because we've talked about really being Christ-like in the midst of mistreatment and persecution. And this one's no different. In some ways, again, being a follower of Christ is pushing us, all of us, to live life a little counter the culture. Maybe a lot counter the culture. Peter was pushing the people of the first century to live that way. And he's pushing us to live different than the norms around us. Last week we talked about wives accepting the authority of their husbands. If you want to listen to that one. It's online. Have fun. Um, whether their husbands were worthy of following or not. When you look at these verses, we realize the importance of living these verses out. And as a guy, I recognize the power in these instructions. With, with today's focus on Royal Family Kids Camp and kids in the foster care system and you know, we're meeting a need that really should not exist. Okay, the honest truth is, if there was a way to do away with Royal Family Kids Camp next year because there was no need to do it, because there were no kids in the system, that would be amazing. Okay, because we really don't want kids in the system, but we want to minister to kids that are in the system. We want to love kids that are in the system. We, you know, there's a reason why many of you know that Anne's and I do foster care. Because we believe in touching the lives of children that are in the system. Look, if everybody lived the teachings of the scriptures, 
there would be no need for full-family kids camp. There would not be broken homes. There wouldn't be abused kids. There wouldn't be parents on drugs. There, you can go on a list. It wouldn't exist. In fact, every bit of the negatives that we deal with in our culture today is a result of sin. It's a result of the sin nature. It's a result of us being unwilling to do what God wants us to do. Look, the solution for half the equation is found right here in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It says this. In the same way, husbands, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. So let's look at this. And when we read that, guys, you have to understand, I'm not picking on you. I didn't write this. Peter did. It's a biblical principle that not only found here in 1 Peter, but it's found other places in the Bible. But I actually believe that guys are willing to step up to the challenge and live this verse of Scripture and the teachings of the Bible that pertain to homes and marriage and family. This verse and others that we'll talk about are not easy to live, but they'll make a difference. If we get right down to it, and I really wanted to bring one, but I didn't. I would much prefer to sit in my recliner, have everyone around serve me, you know, bring me tea, wave palm branches to keep me cool, to bring me whatever I want to eat, all while I'm watching whatever sporting event I want to watch. Like the U.S. Open today. For those of you who don't even know that it is okay. Look, I love the U.S. Open. It's, it's like, it is probably one of the, the premier moments of television watching for me. For the rest of you, it's a premier moment for, for nap. I get it. I love to watch train wrecks happen um, in the midst of people playing golf that normally play well. And that's what the U.S. Open is all about. If you don't understand that, it's okay. But I would much rather be sitting there doing nothing, watching that in my recliner, my feet up, that whole thing. But I'm not even going to do that today. I will for a few moments. But the work of royal family is more important to me than that. And I'm going to go out there and speak to the staff tonight. Because that matters way more than the U.S. Open. Look, a perfect day for me would be to sit and let other people wait on me. But that isn't going to work. And that isn't what God wants for me. In fact, Peter instructs husbands to give honor to their wives and to treat them with understanding as they live together. Now, one of the things that the idea that's implied here right from the start, as, as he writes, in the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. Okay, when you read that, when, when, when Peter's writing that, he's implying that you need to live with the knowledge that you have. And you need to keep adding knowledge into what you have so that you do even better. One of the goals of a husband should be to know their wife. Okay, know them well. Okay, one of the reasons why Ansel and I love to lead small groups, especially ones about marriage, which we do like periodically, like every third small group or whatever, I'm going to let you know a secret. 
We do it for the people in the small group. But we do it for us. See, because we know the investment in our marriage is worth it. So if we'll learn from those small groups, then we're going to be better for it. So Angela and I, over the last number of years, I don't know how many years we've done small groups, but periodically there's always one in there about how to be better in marriage. How to be better as a, as a husband, as a father. Look, there's things that we've learned in those small groups. How convenient of it is for me, right, to have my wife teaching this morning. It's pretty crafty on my part, right? So you'll, you'll tell her what I'm saying, so it's okay. But here's the deal. You know, when, she, when we are talking or we're having a conversation, we've got code words to understand that we're, going, we're about to step over the line. We're going to go from, like, this is normal life conversations to, if you keep on this track, life is going to stink for you. Okay? And those code words, if Angela says to me something along the lines of, you're stepping on my air hose, which comes directly from, from, from a small group, uh, and I just lost the name of it, Emerson Egricks, and it's love and respect, okay? So memory sometimes goes. But if she says them along those lines, I know, time out, I'm about to cause pain. If I keep going the way I'm going, I'm going to inflict pain on her, which I don't want to do. And I don't mean pain as in, in physical pain. That's not, if I keep standing where I'm standing or we're going down this line, then I'm going to cause something and it's going to cause pain for me later. Okay? <laughs> so, so just understand that. And so, so we've got these code words where we understand that we've got to like watch where we are at the moment. And if we'll understand that, see, see that's what Peter's talking about here. He says, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. If you understand what's going on, and it works both sides on this equation, both husbands and wives, it's different things. You're going you're gonna to say things differently or you'll cause different reactions based upon what, you know, there's a reason why the scriptures teach husbands love your wives and wives respect your husbands. The reason it's taught that way is because one comes naturally for one person and the other comes naturally for the other. So the instruction is the one that doesn't come naturally. See, it's all easy for us. Look, look, it's easy for guys to respect other people. We do respect well. Like, you know, that's why in this whole small group thing we talk about, that, that, that when boys say they're sorry, they don't look at each other. They look down at the dirt. Like, sorry, sorry. They just kick dirt and walk away. Everything's good. Or they go, yeah, we're good. Just walk away. They just, we're good. I, forget it, we're done. You know, they could have just like drew blood on each other. They could have like just, you know, busted noses or whatever. They literally can go, yeah, we're good. And walk away. It doesn't come naturally for the wife to respect the husband. It doesn't come natural for the husband to love their wives. I'm not saying it's easy for either one of them to do either one of those, but it's easier to show love for a, by the wife than it's for the husband. It's just typically, I'm just saying normally. Look, Ansel uses words to, for, to help me understand that I'm going places I don't need to go. That's understanding your wife. Look, I, I'm not going to... I never 
that's the correct term, I will never understand Angela completely. I will understand calculus, four, and like aerospace engineering before I understand. Um, possibly even rocket science um, before I completely... Look, but just because I'm never going to get there doesn't mean I ought to work, not work for it. Look, I ought to be discovering things about Angela every single day year of our lives together. Look, I ought to, we ought to keep learning and discovering more and more about each other as we go along. That's what Peter's talking about. And as you understand more, then you give honor there. And you treat them well. The smart husband will do the things that bring enjoyment and avoid the things that cause pain. Like, that's something just pretty simple. Like, figure that one out. You'll do well. One of the things we often forget, and I just said we, one of the things that I often forget is life is not about me. Life as a follower of Jesus is about the people around us, including our spouse. We're to serve the people around us, not just be served. Jesus said, and live these words, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Look, our goal, I don't care which side of the equation you're on. Bottom line is, if we serve one another, if every follower of Jesus is striving to serve people around them, this world would be a great place. Again, most of the time, the path of a follower of Jesus is to take us in a different direction than the culture. It was true in the first century. It's still true today. The, the reason that it's true is because we tend to want to do what we like and what is most comfortable for us. And the culture feeds that. I mean, that's just the way it is. The follower of Jesus is constantly battling to sacrifice and serve. As husbands, Peter is telling us to know our wives, spend time to understand them and know them. And if we do, life will be better for us. You have to understand when Peter's writing this passage, when he's writing this letter to the churches in the province of Asia, women were not given the same value as men. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's what he's writing to, that culture. And in court, the testimony of women often only counted as a half of a person. It was a male-dominated society. Peter is instructing the husbands of the day to treat their wives better than the people around them do. And that ought to be true of us today. Husbands who are followers of Jesus should be treating our wives better than the general population does. We should be examples for others to follow. That's my goal. I want Angela and I's relationship to be an example for others to follow. I realize I'm not as good of an example as I want to be, but I'm honestly trying to get better. We've been married for almost 28 years. 
I'm still learning. And I will be until the day I die. I should still be discovering things about Angela until we step into eternity. We must know our wives and treat them well. We should know our lives' strengths and weaknesses. We should know how God has designed them so we can communicate in a way in which they understand. One of the greatest gifts a dad can give to his children is the love his wife. The power of that example will last a lifetime. And honestly, I'm grateful for those that have given me an example to follow. What it means to be a guy that honors the wife that God has given her. In all the years that I was around my former pastors, Virgil and Kathy, I honestly never saw Kathy open a car door unless she drove herself. Okay, and that includes if she drove with her son, Brenton. He's now married and coaches football and all that stuff. But the bottom line is I would watch them pull up no matter where it was. Brenton wouldn't even roll to drive yet. He'd get out of the car. He'd walk around. He'd open his mom's car door. Always. It didn't matter how nasty, how disgusting the weather was. Always. Look. I was privileged enough, Angela and I, to spend the time around them. And we even have spent vacations in their home and all those things. And you learn a lot about people when you stay in their home. Like, when I was moving to Illinois a number of years ago, 1996, Angela and I went there and, and we were going there to see about a position at, at the church in Pekin. And the pastors said, hey, look, we're not going to put you up in a hotel. Um, you're going to stay with us. Like, what? You want us to bring our children? Yep. Bring your kids. You're all staying with us. Like, this should be fun. Okay? And he told me later why he does it. And why he did it. He said, look, I model to observe you guys and see how you interact with your kids and how you interact with your wife and how she interacts with you and what kind of relationship you have. And, man, what better way to do it than have you stay with us? <laughs> I'm like, thank you. That was lots of fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're still good friends. And it's a brilliant move. But you know what? I think back about the people that have poured into my life and give me examples to follow. I'm grateful. Their example is something that we ought to be striving for. And honestly, we ought to be striving to the place where in every situation, people are looking at our lives and we're saying, yes, follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me because you're going to see an example of what, what a follower of Jesus ought to live like in this setting. Look, that, that's what it ought to be. It ought to be something where we know that we're living life as well as we can and we've got enough going on and we're following Christ close enough that we can say to people, look, look at how I'm living, follow me. Look, that may sound crazy, that may sound egotistical, it's far from it. I recognize my failures, I recognize my weaknesses, but I can't let them stay there. I need to make sure that God is at work in my life so well and I'm allowing Him to change me regularly 
that I can confidently look at people and say, follow. Whether it's my children or whether it's people that live life just around me. Any one of you, I want to be able to live a life as a father and husband with my family that is worth following. If you don't, and if I don't, if I'm not worth following, I'm not worth being here. It's like, I've got to be worth following. And if you can't follow my example, then I need to resign. Like, like that's how I feel about it. I, I just don't. Now, am I perfect? If you expect perfection, we're in trouble. I'm not perfect. But I've got to have enough happening that I can look at you and say, look at me and follow. Now, there may be other places you, you need mentors for other places in your life. But if it's, a, if it's marriage and relationship, I want my life to be that. Look, you can ask Angela when we get done. You're like, he's crazy because he's terrible. No, she won't say that. Look, we work at this. We work at this hard because we actually believe that our example matters. And that's what Peter is saying. Peter's saying to that church in that first century, look, families are a wreck around you. People are treating people poorly. You're a follower of Jesus. You can't do that. It's unacceptable. Our culture speaks that kind of language. Look, I don't know. I hear people say things about not wanting to go home or not wanting to hang out at home. And, and, and oh man, you know, you've heard the conversations. Those can't be the case for the follower of Jesus. We, we have to be speaking honorably. We have to speak kindly with love and compassion. But our spouse, it has to be that way. Whether they deserve it or not in some cases, that's exactly what the Scriptures are teaching. So Peter goes on. says, she may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Just in case they were wondering in the first century, because again, remember, they, they weren't totally convinced that ladies had all the rights that they had, and, 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 and God makes no mistake about it. He says, look, they're equal. Peter is saying, look, they're equal in, in God's gift of this new life. There's little question what he means here. Yes, the, the women tend to be physically weaker. Look, that's just the way it is. I mean, just physically weaker. But Peter's saying, don't use that strength to get what you want. Don't use your power to overpower them. And that's what was happening in the first century. They would use their power to get whatever they wanted, both sexual and other things. They would do whatever it took to get what they wanted. And Peter's saying, as a follower of Jesus, that cannot be the case. You must treat your wife well. She's an equal partner in the kingdom. Consider this that Paul writes, Ephesians 5:28. For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love 
for himself. Like you read that passage of Scripture. I, this is a passage of Scripture I use often in, in weddings and all those things. We have to understand the, the responsibility. Here's the challenge. Guys, if you want the challenge, this is the challenge right here. This is it. Sums it up right here. The challenge for guys is to die. Die daily. Die to give up your lives over and over again for your wife. Now, I know, but I don't think Paul expected you were going to physically die. But it could be a possibility. I mean, it was a real possibility in that culture especially. But, but the honest truth of it is, every time I get up and do what I don't want to do for my wife, I'm dying to self. Every time I serve my wife, I'm dying to my own desires because my own desires say, sit me in a recliner, let me watch television, sip tea and eat chips and dip. Okay, let's be honest. That's really what I want to do. But every time I get out of that and I do whatever can serve her, whatever that looks like, if it's I get up and I vacuum or I'm cleaning this or doing that, whatever it might be, I'm dying. And there are days it feels like it. If you're doing stuff you don't want to do, it's called sacrifice. It's called service. It, it's, now, you could also put it in the same terminology as what, what Paul says. It, he, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. It's the same principle. It continues on, and Paul taught it at the end of that chapter. In verse 31, it says, As the Scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful moment for us to recognize that when we do things for one another, we're actually serving and loving ourselves. See, because when, when we're talking about the, the marriage and family and that whole thing, the husband and wife relationship, it says the two are united into one. It's, a, it's the smallest example of what the church is. It's the smallest piece of the church. Two united as one. It's, it's this example of what churches look like. And churches ought to operate in that kind of world. And it's a picture of what Christ did for the church. The one. There's also a problem if you don't listen to this sermon. And that problem for guys is, well, your prayers will be hindered. So the thing that you've been asking God for, you can forget about it. If you're not treating your wife appropriately, your prayers will be hindered. You want a new job? Sorry. You want a new car? Forget it. You want healing? Eh, probably not happening. Now, I'm saying that kind of a funny way, but the truth is, that's exactly what the Scriptures are teaching us. That if we don't treat our wife appropriately, that our prayers will be hindered. I don't think I want that. I think when I pray, I want my prayers to be heard. That's the power of listening and doing the Scriptures. There's actually blessing in doing what 
God teaches. The, the, Jesus taught the same kind of thing. If we do what he says, we love him. We're going to do what he says. If we do what he says, we're just going to be blessed. We're going to experience. I don't know what the blessing looks like, but look, blessing alone is my prayers are going to be heard and they're not going to be hindered. That, that's a pretty cool thing. That, that is a powerful thing. Once again, we're responsible for our actions. It doesn't matter how people treat us. That's why Jesus could pray, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. As he hung on the cross, he could pray for forgiveness for the people that put him there. It's the same thing that we ought to be doing, no matter what the circumstances are in our lives. We ought to be praying for the people that are mistreating us. And that's exactly what Peter's teaching through this whole thing, this, this, with, with the government, with a work world, with wives that are being mistreated by husbands, and husbands treat their wives appropriately. That all of that, no matter what, we're responsible for what we do. We're responsible for our reactions, our actions. We're responsible for those, regardless of what someone's done to us. Look, we should be more concerned about the spiritual destiny of those persecuting us than about the problems they are causing us. We should be more concerned about the spiritual destinies of, of the people persecuting us than about the problems they're causing us. And that's true whether you live in a good... Look, I'm telling you as a husband, whether your wife treats you well or not, I'm telling you the answer for you. You're responsible to do what the scriptures teach, irregardless whether your your spouse is a believer or not. You're responsible to do what the scriptures are teaching. Wives are are responsible to do what the scriptures are teaching, whether the, the husband is a believer or not. We're responsible to do... We're responsible to treat our employers well, even if they mistreat us. We're responsible to treat our government well and to honor those who are in authority over us, even if they don't treat us well. It doesn't matter. Our responsibility is to do what God has called us to do. That's why we do things like royal family. Look, that's why I do foster care. Is the system broken? (laughs) Yes. Have we been mistreated at times in the system? Yes, I'm not going to bail out of the system because the kids matter. I'm going to do what God called me to do because I'm called to do it. I'm going to treat my wife well because I'm called to do it. I'm instructed to do it. I'm responsible to do it. It is God's word to me that I must do this well. And it doesn't matter what a response is. My confidence is as we do what's right, the responses will come. Look, I don't have a problem, but I'm telling you, if that is your situation, do what's right. God will bless you in the moment, and He will do something through you to bring about redemption. Eventually, I don't care what the situations are, my belief is that eventually God will bring restoration and hope. Now, some things, but, but I'm just saying, God works in powerful ways. And he's going to do some powerful things. And all we can do is be responsible for us. And, and that's why the scriptures teach us, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. Because as much as it depends on you, you do what you can do. That's all you're going to answer for, is what you can do.
So your responsibility in every situation is do what you can do. And in this case, we're talking about fathers. We're talking about husbands. We're talking about families. And today, I want to pray for fathers and husbands and families. And honestly, my prayer for some of you in the midst of difficult situations is that God will give you grace and strength in the midst of it. For some of you today, when we talk about Father's Day, you hate this day. For one reason or another, I'm asking God to give you grace to help you navigate the day. Maybe you had a horrible background, I don't know, horrible situation. All I know is, my God, His grace is sufficient. He's going to help you navigate the day you're going through. He's going to help you navigate the life you're living. And my prayer for you is, one, if you've got a great situation, that'll keep getting better. If you've got a good situation, it'll keep getting better. If you're in the middle of, of stress and strain, and, and I'm praying that it will get better. If you're in the midst of going through difficulties, I'm praying that you'll just sense the power and peace of Christ in your life today. Because He's good. He helps us. He's with us. And for husbands, I'm praying for you to die. <laughs> now you're paying attention. You know what I mean. I'm praying for me to die. Because that's what we need to do. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, I do pray, God, for myself, Lord, that you would help me to die daily. That I might serve Angela, my family, and the people around me better. Lord, that my self-interest wouldn't take over. But Lord, I'd be ruled by the interests of Christ. Lord, my life would daily be being sacrificed to, to your cause and to your kingdom. And Lord, I pray in our home that God, I'll continue to God, live in a way that honors Angela and blesses her and loves her and understands her, and we grow together, and we accomplish your work in our home that will bleed over into the work in our community. Lord, I pray that God, in every one of the homes that are represented here, God, that you would be glorified, that you would be honored. God, that my prayer would be their prayer. God, we'd have a heart that would be after you heart that would say, God, help us in the midst of all that we're going through. Lord, help us to treat one another with honor and respect. Help us, Lord, to, to love and to care and to, to provide and to do the things that you've called us to do and to live the, the words of First Peter and the words of Paul. That we will surrender. That we will honor God, I pray for those today that have gone through difficulty. Lord, today's not a day they like. Lord, I pray that you'd minister your grace into their life. 
Lord, that you would pour out from your resources into them. God, they would sense the love of the Father today. Lord, you would bring healing, forgiveness, and redemption into their hearts. Lord, I pray, God, for families and situations that, for whatever reason, disconnected, struggle. Lord, would you do miracles? Would you bring restoration? Would you bring healing? Lord, were those things been caused by actions of our own or not? Lord, I'm asking for your forgiveness and your grace to be poured out upon our lives. Lord, and I pray that God, every home, every marriage that's a part of our church, and God, for marriages of Christians around this community, Lord, that they'll be examples of what a marriage ought to be, of what it looks like for a husband and a wife to love one another, to honor one another, to respect one another, to cherish each other, to, to be examples of what it means to be followers of Jesus, living in a marriage relationship. God, help us, I pray. And Lord, would you place before every one of us examples to follow? And Lord, would we be examples others to follow. God, help us, I pray. Lord, I pray for fathers today. Thank you, God, for the investment of dads in the lives of children. Our product, would you help us to continue to do that, whether kids are grown and gone, or God, that we'd always find a way to be a dad, to be a father. For our kids, no matter how old they are, Lord, can you use us to encourage those coming behind us to do this well. May we be examples for them to follow. In Jesus' name.